Welcome, Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, the show for profitable insights and tips with business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who use their nonfiction book to create the ultimate competitive advantage and grow their business. Grow their business. Grow their business. Here's your host, Amazon best-selling author and book publishing coach, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome to another profitable episode of the Author Factor Podcast. I'm Mike Capuzzi, and I want to thank you for joining us. My guest today is Rich LaMonica. Rich is a motivational speaker, author, and 22-year veteran of the United States Army. He's the host of the podcast, The Misfit Nation Podcast, which helps veterans find their voice by telling their stories along with bringing in experts who are willing to share tips on how to be successful through their actions. Rich is also the author of the book, The 13-Step Guide to Success. Rich, welcome to the Author Factor Podcast. Oh, thanks, Mike. It's awesome to be here. I'm glad we're finally able to get this thing going. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you and I were kind of getting to know each other, and uh, you've done some really cool stuff, and you're still continuing <laughs> to do some very cool stuff, but we're not allowed to talk about it. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave that for uh, folks who want to reach out to you and maybe be on your show. But Rich, I very briefly touched on your background. I'd love to hear more and share with our listeners, you know, obviously your military background and then, you know, what you're doing today and, and uh, you know, obviously what you're doing with your podcast. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mike. Again, thanks for having me on the show. And I was born and raised in a, in a railroad apartment, basically in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. My mom and dad taught us the, the value of hard work. Uh, they both grew up in the 50s and 60s and had four children and they had to provide for all four of us. And my dad that sometimes would have three jobs. He owned a bar, worked at the city more, worked for the electric company and drove a truck at the same time to provide for us. While my mom who didn't make it out of high school was still trying to get jobs so she can provide as well. And they did that grind all the time. We never wanted for anything. Of course, you're rest kids. You're not satisfied with what you have because other kids have stuff, but then you realize that how hard mom and dad are working to make sure that you do have those pants, you do have that shirt, you do have those shoes. So you kind of go through that life life cycle of learning those lessons that they give you. And of course, the lessons that you don't want to hear them tell you when you're little. And then when you get older, oh, that actually works. That's something that's awesome. And I wish I would have actually listened to you then as now I have a kid that's asking me the same questions. And I feel like I'm just punching myself in the face because I didn't listen to you when you told me. So, and as I got through high school, uh, I always wanted to join the army. Because I guess as a kid, my I'd sit on the TV while on the couch with my dad watching black and white TV, 13-inch TV. And I don't know if it was Vietnam or maybe some war that was going on in Israel at the time. And I said, Dad, that's what I'm going to do. I want to be a soldier. I just want to be a soldier like you were. You were in the Army. I want to do that too. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just always said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I got to my junior year of high school, going into senior year, I said, Dad, I'm going to sign up for this delayed entry program. I need you to sign up. And then you signed a paper for me. He said, no. <laughs> he said, you... Enough of us have served. You're going to college. You need to be the first one to go to college, uh, first boy to go to college. So, whoa, uh, I haven't taken any classes to get ready for college. So my whole senior year, I took uh, three maths, three sciences. I was taking classes with all the underclassmen, and all my friends were off by noon and just hanging out doing senior year stuff. So I had to put in all that hard work, took my SAT. Somehow I passed them, and I got into Berkeley College in New York, and then I transferred to St. Peter's College in New Jersey, uh, the second year for sophomore and into junior year. And I just still didn't want to go to college the whole time. I didn't want to be there. Did not want to be there. I had fun in St. Peter's because I played football. So I was able to hit people and had some anger got out of me. And then one day I said, that's it. I got to go. And I, 
I said, I'm done with college. I'm going to join the Army. So 22 years, uh, I served in the Army. I uh, started off in Georgia, Korea, Kentucky, Kansas, Alabama, Korea, and uh, Kentucky, and now uh, Maryland, and then back here to Kentucky, to Tennessee, Kentucky border to retire. In between uh, four trips to combat, uh, a pretty intense combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. I retired in 2015, also got my bachelor's degree in 2015. After all, I finally got that degree. I started, I took a year, one complete year off. I couldn't find a job. No one was, no one was biting on my resume. They said that I wanted too much money, but they never asked me how much I wanted. Because <laughs> they, they figured I served that long, I'd want X amount. And they never asked me, I just wanted to get out of the house. I wanted a purpose. So at exactly 365 days, I got hired by the mission continues to mentor other veterans that are going through that same transition. Yeah, six month transition at home, betting uh, back in their communities, volunteering the nonprofit of their choice and doing great things in, in life. I did that for two years. And then my old first sergeant called and said, hey, you want a job training soldiers? I said, heck yes. So within uh, 10 minutes of that phone call, I already filled out my application, got called for an interview, got the interview, got the job. I've been working there now uh, three, almost four years now. Almost five years. I started time plus. Almost five years now doing that. In that time, I I've attained my master's degree from Georgetown in uh, emergency and disaster management, and currently pursuing my doctorate from Liberty. Wow. Uh, 2020 hit, as you know, the whole world shut down in 2020, and uh, I took it as I tried to give humor to it and with COVID. So every month, I would put little posts on Facebook saying, "You made it to this level, Jumanji." you've went through this, 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 because every year, every month, they gave us some weird fear factor stuff that was going on. You made it to these, these levels. <laughs> now we got to go to this level. And then at the end of the year, I made a whole list of things that you can do to be better. My daughter just looked at me and said, dad, you need to write that as a book. And that's how the 13 step guide to success came out. I wrote it as a book. Each one of the steps I put on the end of that post in Facebook became a step in the book. And I thanked my dad in there and there. That's how I started that portion. And then I launched my podcast about the same time, Misfit Nation, to give veterans that voice, to get that pressure off their chest, so maybe they'll stay with us a little longer. We won't have that number of 22 a day, and they can breathe a little bit. And those both have been growing, and then I said, the book has helped me now to be a coach and a mentor, so Misfit Nation is also an LLC, so I can do that stuff as well now. All right, so you've pretty much been doing nothing for the last seven or eight years, is what you're saying. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so wait, you went from... 22 years of service to then getting your bachelor's, master's, and working on your PhD now? Yes, sir. Holy moly. That's awesome, Rich. That really is. Wow. If you don't mind, uh, before we start talking about your book, are you able to share, like, when you were in the service, what, what, was your, what were you doing uh, in, in the Army? Uh, my job was chemical operations specialist, so I trained soldiers on a uh, trained and led soldiers in the chemical warfare, basically had to survive chemical warfare, weapons, mass destruction. And later in the career, I was doing things with uh, actually looking for them and uh, being able to identify and dismantle. Well, thank you, obviously, for your service. That's that, that's a, a lifetime for sure. And uh, so let's let's talk about your, your book. And I, I went through it. You were kind enough to send the digital copy. And I will say, um, I, and I don't I don't typically do this, but I went through your just a table of contents for first, right? And I was going through them like, that's really a good idea. Like, that's a really good tip. That's another like, you, it, it's nice what you've done here in this book because we're probably similar in age. You know, I'm looking at this saying, wow, there's some really good wisdom here. So, first of all, congratulations with that. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about that. 
can you share, other than your daughter's encouragement, Rich, was there any, I mean, was there any other reason for you to do this? It wasn't like you were doing this to, for your business or anything like that, which a lot of our authors are. Was it just a matter of just sharing your wisdom? Just sharing, basically sharing my wisdom. And I, well, a lot of times I just write stuff and just leave it in the computer somewhere and I have notebooks full of notes. For every deployment I've been on, I wrote journal the whole time. So I have pages and pages of stuff I wrote, but never put anywhere. And my daughter, she's a, when she graduated high school, she published her for her book, The Unexpected, right out of high school. And nice. then she got her degree in creative writing after that. And so she's my editor in chief. So, so she edited this book. She pushed me to publish it. But it was that little push because I always pushed her to do things. She said, Dad, you can't just leave that on Facebook. You have to write that. That's something you have to expand upon and tell people. So when I did that, I started the bells, the lights started going on in my head. I can actually do this as a coach now. I can mm -hmm. coach people how to be successful. I can mentor youth. I can I can go give speeches at uh, organizations. And that's she actually is, was the guiding light to that without even knowing it. Isn't that amazing how that, you know, you come full cycle yeah. like that? How cool is that, that your daughter... So real quick, before we go off from that, what, what kind of book did your daughter publish? It was a book about a young girl who basically led a sheltered life, like a, in a gated community, went homeschool until she went to college. And then when she went to college, she kind of went that buck wild thing when kids oh. go away from home. And I asked her when they first I said, is this about you? Because, you know, you kind of sheltered being in the military and stuff. No, no, no. It's about a bunch of every, like, it was a mixture of kids that she met throughout her journey because she yeah. She moved a lot in life, so she was able, she was able to meet a lot of different kids. So she was able to mold them all into the, the main character and great book. And so it's fictional. It was a piece of fiction. Fiction book, yeah. Wow, very cool. My uh, my daughter, in her going into her senior year of high school, published a book also uh, about dog rescues. You and I were talking about my dog before we hit record. So that inspired her to write or well, publish because she went out and uh, found 25 other dog rescuers and compiled a book and raised a bunch of money and it was a, a very cool experience for her. So that's very neat that your daughter did that. Um, all right, so let's talk about 13-Step Guide to Success. And just to entice our listeners, Rich, can you share one or two of the takeaways, you know, things that you've written about in that book that would just entice readers to want to go grab a copy? Definitely. Step one right away, If we have lost the ability to look at people and talk to them. You've definitely lost the ability. Once there's this box, like me and you run a box right now talking to each other, this, if without this being, you may never have met this box, this computer, but there's some people that never talk to humans outside of this. They don't go outside. They don't look people in the eyes and they don't tell people how they care about them. So that first step is tell the people you, you that are in your circle, how much you care about them. Give them that bro hug, tell them you love them and, and you want to see them around still. You don't want them to just disappear. That, that was a main, that was the first step I, I had to write that in there because a lot of people think I have no emotions whatsoever and I don't care because I was in service for so long. They just think I'm rough and do all this. But I do understand that you have to have that love and care for other people and you have to look them in the eyes and talk to them. Uh, another step is telling you to actually look up when you're outside. Instead of looking at your phone, look up so you don't walk into walls and maybe talk to people. Look up and see people, look down, see the dogs. I mean, I love looking. I, I, I talk to a dog before I talk to a person most times anyway, but <laughs> if they have a dog, I'll bend down and talk to her. Hey, what's his name? Uh, oh, well, yeah, what's your name? And, but I, I think that was, those are important steps to be successful as a human. And then, of course, I, I went through a lot of other things. Uh, breathe the air outside. You're not going to die. The air will not kill you. Get outside and walk. Get outside your house and maybe clean your house and go outside. Clean your house, clean the neighborhood, and clean yeah. Build that community, and that's what I, my goal is. 
to get those communities to build up and stop relying on everything that's on 1600 Pennsylvania and rely on what's on your block. Your block is what matters. And if you can make that good, you can make the next block good and keep moving out. So my first uh, thought is, boy, what a, re- you know, in this day and age, it's kind of like revolutionary what you're suggesting here. Crazy <laughs> as it is, because you and I grew up with this stuff, right? You know, just the fact that like, it sounds so profound in this day and age. As far as the book, again, I know you wanted to kind of encapsulate and capture everything in there. Can you share, Rich, you know, are you, how, are you using it? much in your, you know, in your day-to-day stuff? Uh, how do you use the book? How do you promote the book? I see more uh, promoting it now is usually just a word of mouth now. But when I'm out talking to people, I mentally the rules just pop in my head. <laughs> and, I start, and I start talking like I'm the book, talking to someone, but I'm, I'm using my way. It's all my words. So I tell them what I, I believe they we should be doing as a, as a people, not as me or you, it's as all of us, we need to do this stuff. You got to be humble in everything you do in life. Uh, stay hungry and keep hustling because the hustling is what my dad taught me, didn't mom, but also taught me to be humble. And if I do something great, that's whatever it's, it's it was a team effort. Someone else helped me. I had someone else had to get me to where I am and always thank those around you and always be willing to ask for help. Get that circle around your circle of friends, circle of trust and stack those victories every day. And Stacking Victories was not in the book. That's something that came out after the book. So that's something we've been promoting a lot more on the Misfit Nation. I'll stack every day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see yourself, Rich? Is Are you one and done? Or have you sort of been encouraged to now think about what else you can do? Or I'm currently writing a second book called The Climb. Uh, it's about a soldier who's been through multiple deployments. And the book starts with him at the end of his last deployment on top of a mountain, all of the smell of the battles around him. He has blood all over him. He's looking down and asks, how is he the only one still here? Why is he still here? And then it goes through all his deployments, and then it's going to go into his PTSD battle after for the second half of the book. So it's it's going to be a kind of fictional but based on reality book. Yeah. And then I'll publish that, and then hopefully at the end of this year, in between my dissertation stuff. <laughs> in between that PhD thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so are you? So it's fiction. You said it's fictional. So you're going. You went. You did nonfiction. Now you're moving to just just out of curiosity. I just inter- I had today is a two interview day, and I just interviewed a woman. I didn't even know this, uh, you know, the, until she mentioned on our podcast because she and all the stuff she sent me. She has written five fictional novels, an entire series, and then moved to nonfiction. And now she doesn't even write books. But um, wow. I found it very interesting. So why like? I've always wanted to write a fictional book. I just don't know if I can. It's a real, I'm sure. Is it a challenge? Do you find it a challenge? Uh, yeah, I was doing chapter by chapter and then sending it off to my editor-in-chief there to, to rip it apart and tell me how bad it was or how good it was. So it's a character development, I think, is the hardest part of it, getting each character to build them in and, and maintain that character throughout and without changing or losing anything from a character as you go and or changing them on the fly. But it was important for the main character to actually change, to go from the way he was when he started in service to how he was at the end. So at the end, of when he's, at the end, which is actually the beginning of the book, when he's sitting on top of the mountain, he's a totally different dude than he was when he started the journey. So you had the character develop him into where he was when he began to what he turned into and how we can get him help. And you said, are you, are you envisioning this to be a series um, this book, or is it just at first? You know, I at first I wasn't, but when I I talked to a couple other authors and they said you need to yeah. make it into a series to actually get the readers to dive into it and 
want to be want to help towards the PTSD side, especially. So are you just out of curiosity with that? Are you tying? I'm a fan of this. I've done it many times. My daughter did it with her book. Are you going to tie any sort of nonprofit, like some of the proceeds of the book would go to military stuff? Or have you thought about that? I have not thought about it, but if I did, it would probably go to one that I, I'd have to research them. Yeah, uh, sure. Travis Manning Foundation, probably one I would go to. They have, they match veterans up with with youth to mentor them. Yeah. It's one way to help. with. The, I would encourage you to check it out, Rich, because, I mean, first of all, I think it's, I, personally, I like giving back. Not not all of my books, but certain books I've done. We've, we just donated a nice little check to Tunnel to for Towers, of awesome. your, old, your old romping ground. And uh, I think it's, you know, important if, if, if that's, you know, kind of what you want to be about. But I think with this book, with this series, I think you could actually have a neat connection. And then it allows you in the marketing and promotion of it to have yet another powerful story about the why of the book. And it, it allows you to cut through some of the clutter of, you know, I mean, fiction stuff is, there's a ton of it. No different than nonfiction, but it gives you another different angle to approach it and get some media exposure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. I had not thought of it, but Tunnels and Towers is also is an awesome, very awesome. It is. Movie. It really is. I, I I've done I did a ton of research. I'm like, damn, this is a like I couldn't find I couldn't poke holes in it at all. You know. So. Uh, See, they they do stuff for people across the country. I've encouraged people to donate to them. Like our our job will match donations. So. I've encouraged people in office to donate to them just uh, last year. So. Yeah, and, and as of right now, that organization, when I, so we did the donation this year for last year, but I think like 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to the, the first responders, vets that they're helping, which in, in the nonprofit world is pretty much unheard of. Right. But, um, they, it's an awesome organization. So, so Rich, you know, you're publishing fiction now, you did the nonfiction. Are there any, any words of advice uh, for someone who's out there who hasn't done either, you know, either a speed bump you've encountered or a mistake you made that you just want to warn someone else about? I think the speed bump I encountered was doing it myself the first time, publishing via Amazon without any, uh, I guess, publishing house or something behind me. So you have to do everything yourself. So if you don't have a team behind you to market and do all that, it's going to be rough. You're not going to, it's not going to flow out the gate unless every one of your friends and family is also sharing at the same time you are to their networks, which is usually just your network anyway, because they all have the same circle. So if you don't have an outside source, get one, just even if it's just a one person shop that can do all your social media and all that stuff. So you can concentrate on maybe booking, being on shows so you can talk to people about your book. It'd be a lot easier in life. That's one thing I learned really quick. It's it's hard to do it alone. Very hard to do it alone. Uh, with my daughter's book, we published it via Page Publishing, and they kind of took care of a lot of the headache side of it, the publishing and all that. But she didn't get to see a lot of the royalties, so we kind of lose out. It's we lose out a lot in that one. But we we got to meet a lot of people on the tour, and she didn't have to worry about it. So I booked the tours, and we did all this stuff, and. With mine, I did local tour here with it, and I did a lot more shows. And then also, because I have day job and everything else going on, it was a little harder. So I would encourage a new author to have at least a social media media manager or an HR or a PR person, a PR person, to help out along the way, every step of the way. Even if it's chapter one is done, you might want to, you, you can't wait to get to this you can't, or something, just to get this post out there and get it going. Are you self-publishing the fictional series? I'm trying not to. I'm going to keep sending it out until someone bites. Oh, 
Are there any publishing houses that focus on fictional stuff or even nonfiction, but from veterans? Are you aware of any of those kind of publishing there houses? There is one out there, but they, they are actually pricey. Even, even though they're for veterans, it seems like they're trying to lease the veteran. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So, Rich, as we get ready to wrap up, I'd love to hear from you, you know, your, your own words what it has meant to you to be a published author. Oh, it, when I first got the hard copy in my hand, I didn't think it was real until it, it got delivered. When it came to the house, I was like, this is actually, this actually happened. Because if you see it on, you've seen it on Amazon, you see the picture, oh, that's pretty, it's great. And it says you're published, but you don't see anything. But when you feel it, like, I've accomplished something no one else in my family has besides my daughter. <laughs> so, so now me and my daughter both are published authors, and that's something we can sit and talk about forever. And we both are published authors, and every Wednesday we go to lunch, and you know we talk about other things that we're both pursuing. She's in fitness now, so she does fitness writing and all that. And then I do every all the things that we've already listed on doing. So she's probably busier than me with her her two jobs, three jobs she has, plus her own online business. But we talk about those things, and it, having this just hard copy, yeah, I guess the humbleness in me was like, yeah, it's, it's just a book. But then when people come up and shake your hand and say, this is an awesome accomplishment, you should have done it earlier. Mm. Oh, I, I never thought of doing it earlier, but thank you. Wow. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a co-authored book. Rich, you know, you and your daughter, that sounds like that might be a cool idea. That one might be about dogs like your daughter, since I have four rescues, she has three. <laughs> so. oh, seven rescues. I think you qualify for that. <laughs> That's very cool. Hey, Rich, this has been awesome. I was looking forward to it. I had actually, you know, I was reading about you on Podmatch even well before you and I connected. Uh, I think even last year I found, I saw your uh, your um, profile on Podmatch. I was impressed by it. And I'm glad we, we finally got to connect here. So thank you very much. How can our listeners learn more about you? And where's the best place to grab your book? Uh it's on Amazon, of course. So it's, that's the best place to go, Amazon.com. Then it's 13 Step Guide to Success. Or you can go to our website, themisfitnation.com. It's all one word, themisfitnation.com. And it's under our store. So you'll, you'll see the book. You click on that, and it'll take you right to Amazon anyway. And if you need to contact us, there is a contact button on there. If you want to be on our show or you want us just to chat with us about any advice, we're right there for you. We'll, we'll get right back with you. Okay, and real quick, just to give a plug to your show, are you if you're looking for any guests, what would be a, an ideal guest for you? Uh, I like authors, like you have on here. I love authors, it's, uh, entrepreneurs, anyone that's uh, been do they, through. A, do they have to be a veteran? No. Okay. No. Veterans are a priority, of course, but if anyone that has value added to the veteran community is what we're looking for. So if they're if you're a life coach, a fitness coach, a mental health professional, because we need a lot of that in the veteran sphere. There's a lot of different options in mental health, so we'd love to have different mental health options come on. So we're not all just giving pills to our, our brothers and sisters. There's other options out there. You can do exercise and whatever. But any expertise is perfect to come on and help a, a veteran maybe start their own business, write a book, or be, maybe get into Hollywood. Hmm. Very good. Well, Rich, thank you very much. Appreciate, you know, appreciate your time. Obviously, appreciate your service, and uh, great to meet you. It's great to meet you. Thanks for having me on. And to my listeners, thank you. And if you found this podcast helpful, please help me grow it by sharing with your network and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, this is Mike Capuzzi. Thank you for listening to the Author Factor Podcast. To learn more about Mike's unique short book publishing opportunities, please visit bitesizedbooks.com.